Welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips. Getting you... Yes, you. ...in the game. Coming up on today's show, we're going to preview the AFC and NFC North. Yes, we're going to declare who the kings of the North are going to be. Plus, Khalil Mack, Martavis Bryant, uh, Jarek McKinnon, Antonio Gates. There's some comings and goings all over the league. This is the Gridiron Show. Ollie has been banned to the Arctic studio for today, and yet he still wasn't doing the drumming along. I'm disappointed, Ollie. It's too cold to drum. It's never too cold Actually, to, to be fair... What happened there? There we go. <laughs> to be fair, it would have warmed me up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So stop your whinging and do some drumming. Uh, this is the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips, getting you... Yes, you. ...in the game. In the game. Uh, and uh, we are... Here back at Talksport Towers, recording at like three in the morning because I'm on overnights for the entire week this week, and Ollie is alongside me for tonight's show. Because at this time next week, live on Talksport, Packers Bears, our first live game on Talksport of the season. Whilst Talksport Two do have Jags Giants earlier that night, and we're just four days away from the regular season getting underway. It's amazing, isn't it? Oh, it's so exciting! I'm so excited! Ah! <laughs> I, yeah. feel, I felt like you were on the train then. Yeah. <laughs> what are you Will you about? talk about that on podcast, if not in radio form? Yeah, we can talk about it. Uh, <laughs> so we had our, our live fantasy draft this weekend. No Dixon. He's away traveling with his babby and his wife. And uh, so he put a proxy forward. Nat Coombs did come along, though, as did all the rest of the crew, Rich and Jim and Kempy and Simon and my wife. Sarah and Adam and Ollie and me, and am I missing anyone? Bobby, Rich, of course, our great commissioner, Jack, <laughs> yeah, Jack, all the big names. Jack, who's officially now in the league. He is officially now in the league after Dave, who's won that league twice, just didn't turn up. And then we looked on Instagram and he was playing golf. All right, Dave, we take the hint. Why didn't he turn up? <laughs> nasty man. Nasty, nasty man. Uh, so we... Um, we Played darts to pick the draft order, and then we play, and then we then we drank uh, quite a bit. Yep. And then we drafted while I played the role of Dixon, which was poo-pooing all the picks because he's not there. And uh, I, I think I came out with a pretty decent draft. I was pretty happy with mine. I did. generally people are happy with whatever they draft. They mm. can see the positives generally. Yeah. Uh, unless you've also drafted. Yeah, I knew or had it. Jack Target drafting for you. <laughs> Either of those. <laughs> yeah, well in a done, bad Dixon. Situation. Um, so yeah, we uh, we then went and drank some more, including a bottle of Prosecco in one bar. Uh, basically, it was pretty heavy going that day. Then we got the tube back down south. Me and Bobby live on the northern line, down him at Clapham, me way past Clapham. And Ollie was getting the tube with us to Waterloo. Decided to get on the carriage one behind our carriage proceeded to walk up to the little window that separates the two carriages and then laugh maniacally through the window between about four stops like honestly <laughs> consistently <laughs> there i have a video of it that is incredible the people around us were like oh my god it's one of those train crazies it's one of those train crazies and we basically pretended we didn't know who you were whilst filming you at the same time for blackmail purposes ollie it was honestly the funniest thing you've ever done I was so hammered. It was like performance art. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> I was absolutely batfinked. Absolutely 100% batfinked. I don't know. I don't remember how I got home. Oh, but God. when I did get home, That's worrying. my next door neighbours uh, had, I found this out uh, a couple of days before, but they'd done the gardening for me in my house. They'd done your gardening so for you? So they've got a bush that grows, it's not toxic, but they've got a bush that grows over into my place where I have my car parked and stuff. Right. And um, they they have offered to, to, to trim it before, and I've always said no, but I came back home the other day, and it was all done. Everything tidied up, everything put 
back and much nicer than I would ever have done it. So I got them a, a little bottle of champers. I went round and I dropped it off. And they offered me to stay. But I was way too... What's going on? I was way too hammered to stay, so I decided to go home. Oh, is this it? It's just me laughing. What am I doing? It's the fact, right? You, you've got your hands like on the window, like you're like you're like that neighbour from uh, from what's that show called? Uh, that one. The uh, it's not loud enough to really hear you laughing properly, but it was maniacal and very funny. What was that show called? I don't know. With Tim Allen. You know, oh, home improvement. Home improvement. You're like the neighbour from that, like lent over the window, like a little golem, just looking over it and just peering over and giggling <laughs> like away. Like a little golem. <laughs> you are like <laughs> a little golem. You're just a little golem. <laughs> that, that didn't Doesn't scan, work. but there we yeah, go. Yeah. Uh, Shall we talk about the NFL? We're going to do our AFC and NFC North roundups in this show. It's the first of a number of shows coming out this week because we're also going to do still the South and the East of the NFC, and then. We've got to do our preseason postseason awards with the around the NFL crew who have landed now in London. And then on Friday, we've got to do our look back on Thursday night football and our preview of the weekend games. Yeah. I predict that we managed to get three of these four podcasts out. I'm going to give us that. I don't know if we'll manage all four. I'm going to be honest now. Why not? Uh, well, I'm here every night, but you're not here every night. So that makes this much more difficult to do. Yeah, that's true. But however, Get this, I am here until 10, Tuesday and Wednesday, so it's doable. Ooh, we could do it at 10. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Do, are you working downstairs as well? No, I'm not working downstairs, but on Tuesday, I am going to see the Around the NFL guys do their live podcast in, um, not Soho, uh, Shoreditch. and Ooh, hipsters. Maybe going for a drink afterwards. So. Well, I'll just come and meet you. Well, yeah. 100%. Take the podcast equipment. Yeah, why not? Let's do that. And we'll do like a, a live one. Perfect. All right. Done. Brilliant planning. <laughs> live <laughs> planning on the pod. Again. Right. The Chicago Bears look like a pretty decent roster going into this year. Don't know what you're talking about. Quite like Mitch Trubisky. Some nice offensive weapons. Don't mind their line. Defensive side of the ball. Linebackers. Secondary. All quite interesting. Lacked edge rush, I'd say. Maybe not lacked edge rush, but certainly at least one side of their line I wasn't so keen on. Suddenly, oh boy, do they look like... I mean, Vic Fangio. Do you remember what he used to do in San Francisco when he had Justin Smith and Alden Smith on the same side of the line? Now, imagine that when you're going to have Akeem Hicks being overlapped by Khalil Mack, the Oakland Raider, who they... Gave away two first-round picks for, plus made him the richest ever defensive player. $90 million in guarantees. $60 million of that guaranteed at signing. $155 million over seven years. Khalil Mack got paid. The Bears got a premier pass rusher. And the Oakland Raiders look even worse than they did three days ago. Yeah, it's a, a mega block pass, a blockbuster trade, isn't it? And kind of took a, a few people by storm. By storm, by by surprise, because of, of the landing spot, I guess. But what the Bears are doing is they believe that they've got their man in Mitch Trubisky on one side of the ball. Jordan Howard is still there, and I really like Tariq Cohen. Um, and then on the other side, right, let's just get the best player available. And he was available in Khalil Mack, and they did it. And they're now looking a little scarier than they were before it's honestly so rare that a player at that position quarterbacks pass rushers those are the two positions where a proper premier player just doesn't hit the market it's amazing to have heard the quotes today john gruden basically threw reggie mckenzie under a bus about 15 times and then ran him over with it he got behind the wheel, Chucky, and just kept going backwards and forwards. This man has been given an extra two first-round picks when only two years ago he was talking before the draft, three years ago, three years ago, and saying, the only thing I don't get about Christian Hackenberg is why people aren't talking about him in the first round. I have completely lost all faith in John Gruden at this point. Absolutely I mean, did you have any faith, faith in him? In him? I had no faith in him whatsoever. I, I think he's... He's a busted flush, 
And it's basically, it's going to be like when Gary Neville went to Valencia. He's got the job because he was good on TV. <laughs> yeah, That's I mean, right. I mean, he's also won a Super Bowl doesn't matter. No, 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 it doesn't matter. Th- those times are gone. He got the job because he was good on TV. Okay, and he was he won the Super Bowl some time ago. But so G- Gary Neville had won everything in football. Just because you've won everything in football and you talk well on the TV doesn't mean that you can go and do it again. I don't know. I don't. I don't rate him. The, the they've got Arden Key there from LSU, who will start on one side with Bruce Irvin on the other. I imagine, and then essentially they're going to have to use those first round picks. And I'll tell you what, their own is going to be pretty high. I don't imagine their Bears ones are going to be massively high at this point. They now have a chance at being a playoff team, and they're going to have to go and get Nick Bosa or Montez Sweat or someone like that. To, so they have, they're going to have to go and pick up pass rushers using those picks. And yes, okay, they're going to get those guys cheap for three or four years comparatively rather than having to pay somebody quarterback-style money to play on the defensive side of the ball. I'm trying to remember, I think when we did the last show, Odell Beckham and Aaron Rodgers have been paid, but actually uh, it was one of those classic situations where we uploaded the podcast and Aaron Donald got paid about 10 minutes later. Yeah, yeah. So Aaron Donald became the highest paid defensive player in the NFL. And apparently the size of his contract had a huge amount to do with why suddenly Oakland went back to those who had inquired and went, oh, actually, Khalil Mack might be available, guys. Mm. Come on, come take your pick. Sort it out. Yeah. And, and, and they it, sorted it out. And it it makes them... It makes the Bears interesting. I still had them as the worst team in the NFC North. I think they'll challenge Detroit for that now. (laughs) They'll challenge Detroit (laughs) for third place. That's what you're saying. I think so, yeah. Um, I think they could be a playoff team at this point. That the NFC is ridiculously loaded, it's mad, ridiculously isn't it? ludicrously loaded. Honestly, like it's for, like the West Coast of the NBA. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it is. It's the West, like the Western Conference in the NBA. If you look at the NFC alone, if you look at potential playoff teams, okay, so uh, you go through the NFC. So the Cowboys, I'm not sure about their offensive line, but if they get it together. They've got a lot of other talent there and lots of people like their defensive side. The Giants could be a playoff team. The Eagles could be a playoff team. Washington, a lot of people like them this year. They think their offense is going to improve even though they lost Kirk Cousins. So that's four potential playoff teams there. You go to the NFC West, that's the one real drop-off division. The Rams, and then you'd suggest that the Seahawks, 49ers, those other teams are going to struggle. The NFC North, all four of them will think that they're playoff teams. Yeah. The NFC South, three or four of them will think they're playoff teams. Yeah. So we're talking about seven, 11, 12 out of 16 teams we think could be playoff teams and reasonably playoff teams and probably would be playoff teams if they were playing in the AFC. Six, nine. Yeah. I'd, I'd, yeah. Yeah. That's it. It is absolutely stacked. But it it feels like it's been that way for a long time. And had the Patriots been on the NFC side of the ball, you could argue that they wouldn't have got as many Super Bowl rings as they, they did or they have. So it's just the way that the cookie has crumbled so far. But yeah, it's absolutely stacked. And every week you'll see playoff contenders going up against each other. Which and, is great. And that that first, honestly, that first uh, Sunday night football game is going to be absolutely magnificent and live on TalkSport with me and Ollie. Just me and Ollie this year. No Greg Brady. It's just Gridiron taking over your airwaves from 1 till 5 a.m. doing the NFL. So come and join us there. Uh, <clears throat> should we hear from, we had Pete Doxy on our, our NFL show, not that one. The one who writes for the Green Bay Gazette. <laughs> that, we, that makes me giggle every time. I'm sorry. <laughs> should we hear? It from, it's not the scagged up libertine singer. Should we, should we hear? Allegedly, not allegedly. Uh, shall we hear from him and uh, and talk about uh, get his thoughts on Green Bay and uh, uh, and this trade and everything else around it, uh, and then we'll talk about the other news before we get into our full divisional previews. Hundred percent. Brilliant stuff. Right, here he is, Pete Doherty from the Green Bay Gazette. Green Bay Press Gazette. The league, you know, I'm sure they look at this week by week. They want to have, they especially want to start the season with the bang. They want to, you know, they close it with division games. They want huge games, you know, at Thanksgiving around some of the holidays. Uh, but they do, they want to start it out with some with some big games. So uh, that's got to be part of the thinking is just to, you know, 
draw everybody in right away. Because you're right. I mean, I would think the ratings would be high no matter what because it's a real football game for the first time in, in half a year. Pete, what's uh, Lambeau Field like? What's Green Bay like when the Bears come to town uh, under the lights with the TV there, the, the nation, the world watching? What's it like um, come kickoff? You know, it's... um. I mean, this is an old rivalry, and it goes, you know, obviously back to the, you know, 1919, 1920 in there, and Hallis and Lambeau each thought the other was spying on them and, you know, on their practices. And, I mean, it's just it's a pretty wild history. You know, the thing is, the Bears just haven't been real good, you know, since they had those great teams in the 80s with McMahon, you know, the Super Bowl team and all that. Um, So the Bears actually aren't – the, the biggest rival, it's probably, I mean, it's the Vikings right now. They're also next door, you know, on, to the west of Wisconsin. And there's, you know, a lot of Packers fans on the western side of the state and Vikings fans in the city. So that's probably the bigger rival. Um, but things are, you know, maybe getting more interesting now with Khalil Mack going to Chicago. That defense will take another notch up. And if Trubisky's any good, you know, maybe the Bears will have something going for them. How much stock is there in the idea that we were talking about this before the break, but if anyone's joined us, the the, the Chicago Bears have signed uh, arguably one of the premier pass rushers in the NFL in Khalil Mack. They've, they've given up a bit of a king's ransom for the player, but there was a lot of rumours that Green Bay was another landing spot for him. Was that ever on the table? Yeah, I think so. Things uh, It made for a pretty interesting week around here. Uh, it sounds like, you know, one source I talked to told me that uh, he he works for a, a different team that was in on the ta- the, the max sweepstakes. He said the Packers offered two ones. That's what he had heard. But then I talked to somebody else uh, last night who said that it, he heard it was a one and some other picks, and I think that's the more accurate. So they were in it. Uh, the Bears had, you know, offered more ammo because those, those high picks, those two first-rounders could be, you know, if the Bears, if Trubisky isn't any good, and you're Oakland, you're thinking, well, those picks could even maybe be top ten. The Bears might only win five or six games, even with Mac, if if Trubisky's not any good. Um, you get different opinions depending on who you talk to. I'm of the opinion the Packers should have offered a couple ones, and if it came to it, maybe even a three on top of that. I'm on the extreme end there. I don't think I'm probably in the minority. There are other people who think they, you know, they you got to bow out at an earlier point, like they did. Um, I just think it's like a guy that good. It's so rare when they're available, and um, at, at age 27, so he's still in his prime. That if you get the chance and you have a great quarterback, he's he would help the pack. In my opinion, I mean, he'd help the Packers more than the Bears because the Bears could still be a bad team without him. But you put him on the Packers, and maybe that's enough to win you a game against Tom Brady or you know an NFC Championship or a Super Bowl where he might make a big play or two that help that wins you the game. He's absolutely what the Packers need, especially with the downturn in form of Clay Matthews over the last couple of years. Um, Aaron Rodgers just signed a mega, mega money deal. How important is he to the franchise? And was it ever likely that this wasn't going to get done? No, it was not ever. I, I can't imagine that it wouldn't have gotten done. And he's, if you like took everybody in the you know, everybody from the Packers and you put them in a draft and for for other teams and the team that got the first pick could have anyone in the franchise they could have the general manager they could have the uh, president they could have you know the head coach they could have whatever player they wanted I mean it's going to be Aaron Rodgers is going to be the first person off the board and that would happen in a nanosecond I mean he is he's the reason they're good and he's the reason that they're a playoff team every year and then it's just a matter of, you know, how good this, the, the guys around him are and how well he plays in the playoffs as to how far they go. Does he, now that he's become, again, the highest-paid player in the NFL and it's going to be, what, $103 million in guarantees, and it's really front-loaded as well. He gets a lot of that over the next 12 months. But, uh, you know, is he now at a point where... I think if he doesn't win at least one more, if not a couple more Super Bowls, it's going to have been actually a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, I can't. I have to agree with you. Um, I would think if you know, let's say he plays till forty, so that'll give him, I think six more years. If they don't win at least one in there, yeah, you would definitely call it a disappointment. And I would, if I'm the Packers, I'm aiming for at least a couple. And you're, you know, you can't just completely mortgage everything for one or two seasons. 
but you can you know you can make the push a little harder and i think they 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 must feel some urgency you know to have i mean they've had two just elite quarterbacks back to back this is never going to happen again they could go another 25 or 30 years or 40 years without a, a really good quarterback you know that's not unusual in this league at all so you know you got to make hay so I, I agree with you completely that uh it would definitely be a big disappointment for the franchise and for the and for their fans if uh, if they don't get another Super Bowl in the next uh, five or six years. The, the other, sorry, I was just going to say, the other really interesting wrinkle to all of these other stories going on this week, the Khalil Mack trade to the Bears, the, the, the Aaron Rodgers contract, everything else going on, is um, uh, seeing reports that Reggie McKenzie, the, the general manager in Oakland, actually turned down an opportunity to come and interview with the, with the Packers. They ended up appointing Brian Gudekunst as their new general manager, but considering that he appears to have essentially been thrown under the bus by John Gruden several times over today. Uh, it's fascinating that he could have ended up in the NFC North himself. Yeah. I wonder, you know, I wonder what he's, what he's thinking um, right now about that. You know, when they, when they hired Gruden and they're paying him 10 million bucks a year, they weren't paying him that just to be the coach. I mean, he's got control of the roster. So while McKenzie's GM and name, Gruden has the final say. And I'm sure what they did was they gave Reggie a nice raise. And, you know, you might not know, but he played for the Raiders. So he's mm-hmm. got a strong attachment to that organization. So they, I'm sure they gave him a nice raise and told him how important, that he's still really important, even though Gruden will have final say, he's still going to have a lot of influence. And so he stayed, but I, and he did an interview with the Packers. Um, and I you wonder if he regrets not, uh, not giving it a shot. Now, I, I mean, he's the only one who knows. I don't, I haven't seen any uh, quotes from him, and if if he does regret it, he'd never say so publicly, but it does make you wonder. I I, I wonder, too. I want to talk about head coach Mike McCarthy. The last couple of seasons, which albeit have coincided with Aaron Rodgers getting pretty big injuries and forcing him to miss out on games throughout the regular season, um, what does Mike McCarthy need to do to keep his job this season? Or is his job, is his job, you know, untenable? Will he always have this job until he doesn't want it? You know, um, that's a that's a huge question, and it's it's one you know that those of us who cover the team, you know, we think about a lot, and it's it's so hard to know because uh, Mark Murphy, the team president, who ultimately, you know, it's his call. He's he's real inscrutable. He's uh, you know with, with Ted Thompson. There was no, you know, he everything he had said about Thompson for the last three or four years made you think that Thompson was Thompson was going to be GM for as long as he wanted, and then after the season he basically fired him. He didn't, you know, they pushed him out the door, and so you just Murphy's impossible to read, um, and he uh, he ultimately has the call now because the way he set up the power structure where the GM, the coach, and the cap guy all report to him now instead it used to be the GM ran the entire football operations. So I, I really don't know. Context will matter. You know, all 10 and sixes and, you know, first-round exits out of the playoffs aren't the same. If they get there and they have just a ton of key players hurt and they still get there and, and do, you know, and play good football and, and are a really competitive team, then then maybe 10 and six and a playoff loss is okay. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. That could be a stretch. They need a – but McCarthy needs a, a good season. He got some some more say in personnel because of the new power structure, uh, and with that comes um, you know more. With, the, with that responsibility comes more accountability. Just kind of guessing, I would think they need a. They probably could use a pretty good, uh, a pretty deep playoff run for McCarthy to feel um, to feel totally safe when the you know when the season's over. Um, how deep? Championship game, maybe. Um, but like I said, you know, it depends how you get there and what the circumstances are, too. And this is a real selfish question, and perhaps I should <laughs> I should ask this. I should have asked this off air, but I'm going to ask you. My heart was broken yesterday when my favourite player... <laughs> if you're asking about this! When my favourite player, Aaron, Aaron Ripkowski... Pete, I just want to give you a little bit of, a little bit of an explanation on this. We drafted our fantasy league yesterday with the, with the guys that we do our league with. We do a league in person where we get together and we, we 
pick the order by playing darts or something like that, and we do it all, and it goes on for hours. Ollie was wearing his Aaron Ripkowski jersey. Who even who else in the world owns an Aaron Ripkowski jersey other than Ollie Hunter? I don't know. Well, maybe maybe his parents. <laughs> That's it. You and his parents, Ollie. They might have thrown it away now. But um, <laughs> what's going on? Why why have they they <laughs> broken your heart? Why have they broken my heart again? How could they do such an atrocious thing? I know. <laughs> you know, it's um the fullback position is is dying in this league, and I wonder if in five or ten years there might not be any of them. I could be, you know, could be wrong there. But there's more and more teams are going without one. Um, you know, they they just they go three wides and and a tight end and a and a running back is kind of the normal offensive set now. Yeah, they do. uh, they don't carry the ball. They're basically just glorified blockers and. Um, you know, you can in special teams, you can have tight ends and other other guys playing those, uh, doing the same role. So that was part of it. And they didn't even bring, uh, they brought Carriage back to the practice squad, Joe Carriage. So if they decide they want a fullback, he's the one they're going to have on the, they're going to elevate to the roster. Um, it's just a, it's a dying position, I guess. It's uh, is the the way to put it, the best way to put it. Oh, wouldn't it have been funny if Reggie McKenzie had ended up uh, at the Green Bay Packers? Yeah, hilarious. I feel genuinely bad for Reggie McKenzie with this whole situation because he started off in Oakland having a horrible time. That they were a bad team. All he could do was overpay players who were probably pass their best and give them too much money to come to Oakland and not do a great job. And then he had that one great draft where he got Derek Carr and Khalil Mack and he started to turn the team around and he was looking like he was going to do a decent job. And now they've basically handed the reins to John Gruden and he's been left a little bit in the cold. He's how he's been Howie Roseman basically. Yeah. He's been sent off to his little shed. He's been told, yeah, you just, you just, you know, make sure the contracts are signed and everything. We're going to let John make all the actual play, all the actual decisions on personnel. Mm-hmm. Bizarre. Uh, the Raiders also cut Martavis Bryant. More great business by the Raiders. A third round pick they gave Pittsburgh for Martavis Bryant, and this gives me even more reason for concern when it comes to John Gruden, because Gruden is meant to be a players' coach. He's meant to be a guy that's going to get the very best out of you, and Martavis Bryant has been cut, it's given up upon. Ridiculous. I mean, we, we don't know. At uh, time of recording, exactly what this this sanction that will be imposed by the NFL will be, but it, it doesn't look good. But it's yet again a really, really talented player that could go by the wayside because of infractions where you'd hope that someone would put an arm around the player and and help him out. But I, it, it it's really sad. You tweeted it out at Talk Gav uh, the other day. <laughs> At Will Gav, <laughs> you at Talk Gav, you tweeted out that um, that uh, it, it, this guy was could have been a bona fide number one pick, uh, number one number one receiver, one number one receiver 100%. for for many a team, and yet he's been he's just been cast aside again. Do you think he'll land, end up on a on a team this season, or is that it? Is he done? I think he's. I think he'll end up somewhere depending on what happens with the this apparent... If there is like some kind of sanction coming down to him and that's going to put him in a position where he's not going to be in the league for a good chunk of it, I don't think anyone signs him prior to that. But if he is available to play, I'd be amazed if he doesn't end up on a roster. Yeah. I mean, the, the talent is, is real. Just have to see, because he's had... He, he missed a, a whole bunch of... Didn't he miss the whole season a couple of seasons ago um, for... Yeah, he's, he's been all over the place. Honestly. So he's been all over the place, but the NFL will come down on him hard because he does have these priors, which you could see him getting done for another whole season. A devastating injury happening in the NFC West, particularly if, you know, you drafted your fantasy league on Saturday lunchtime and by Saturday evening it was announced that Jarrett McKinnon, in a complete non-contact injury, tore his ACL in practice. He hadn't long signed that four-year, $30 million deal with the team back in March and was seen like he was going to be completely a keystone of Carl Shanahan's system there in San Francisco. He made a cut on air 
It was the last play of practice. No one was around him. He just went down. It looked awkward. Those were Carl Shanahan's quotes. It's a running back call that's been absolutely plagued by injuries throughout this time. And actually now it looks like we're going to see a a backfield of Alfred Morris and Matt Breeder starting the season. And uh, I mocked Rich Wyatt, our commissioner, very roundly for picking Alfred Morris, saying that that's a terrible pick. He will probably not even be on the team by week five. Now he's probably going to be the feature back in a Carl Shanahan system. So uh, I eat and regret my words. I think I picked up Matt Breeder. I like Matt Breeder a lot. Yeah, I like, so just do I. Outside of fantasy, I like him a lot as a player. And I think he's perfect for that kind of Tevin Coleman role within that Carl Shanahan system. And I, I, honestly... I, I think he's a really, really good player. Has had some problems of his own, though. He's he's had a shoulder injury. Yeah. So, yeah, 49ers, it's not looking like the uh, quite the glowing season that some people were expecting after the brilliant run at the end of last. But I think if you ask most 49ers fans, 7-9, and 8-8 eight and eight this year, they would have been happy with. Even 6-10 and 10 at this point, honestly. Really? 6-10, and 10, you're, you're, you're going that low? Yeah. We've been dreadful for three years. Let's get back on the wagon and rebuild. Is the wagon the right use of the right use um, of term for when you're talking around Matt Breeder? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, I don't understand why it wouldn't be. <laughs> no, it's fine. Explain to me. No, I don't know. Explain don't, to me I don't what, know what you mean. I don't, Ollie, I don't tell know, me what you mean. I don't know what Breeder's... Yeah, let's do it. Uh, you've uh, you've disappointed me greatly. Why? What's this? What's this doing? I was going to play this. Was the point? Uh, Woo! But uh, something else has been dropped into our folder. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I know what that is. Uh, Should have played that for Jarrett McKinnon. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to stop playing different things. Um, just quickly, cuts have happened, 53s have happened. I'm not going to spoil the two hard knocks or three hard knocks cuts that are relevant to the players we've got to know from that team uh, because I want to watch it on Tuesday morning and so I don't want it to be ruined for other people as it's already been ruined for me. But just a few of the other ones. So um, Hunter Henry has been put on the pup list, not the IR Yeah, list. can you explain this to me? So the physically unable to perform list leaves... Henry open to return. I think it's after, basically, if you're on the pup list, you're not allowed to practice or play for the first six weeks of the season, but you are eligible to return after that. Uh, You have to be, um, basically, you have three weeks after that six-week period to either activate him or shut him down. So at week nine, they can say, right, we're activating him because we're expecting him back by week 10, 11, 12, or they just put him on IR at that point. Uh, It does take up, uh, it, it does take up a, a particular injury designation, but, I mean, other than the fact that there's charges and they'll get a lot more players injured, it means that they seem confident he'll play again this season, but not confident enough not to sign Antonio Gates! <laughs> OK, old man Gates is back! Old man Gates at 38 years old. The safety blanket has returned for Philip Rivers. He had a drop-off, obviously, last season, and especially with the emergence of Hunter Henry, but knows the offence, knows... Old Man Rivers. I already wanted the Chargers to do well this year. Hello. Now I want them to be the AFC representative in the Super Bowl. I'd love Antonio Gates to get a ring. Oh, I love him so much. He is a first ballot, nailed on Hall of Famer. He's a great player. I love him. I love him. I love him. Okay. In the all-time best tight ends, Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez... Uh, Antonio Gates, Rob Gronkowski will be in there. He is in that kind of elevated company. I'm sure I'm missing a couple of all-time greats. But, you know, that's the kind of company we're talking about. I love him. Love love him. I love Love that. Love that. He changed how the position was played. He was the first kind of basketball player. Jimmy Graham wouldn't even be a thing without Antonio Gates. I just love him. Uh, Let's, uh, so, a couple of quarterbacks waved. Including Paxton Lynch, gone. Yeah. Or Big Ands himself, no longer at the Broncos. Bad luck, Paxton. But I just, I'm not sure NFL football's for you. I think that one's less surprising than Davis Webb. Many thought that the Giants chose Saquon Barkley and didn't go for Sam Darnold or, you know, maybe they were in love with Josh Rosen or whoever. 
because they felt that Davis Webb could be the option, he's gone. He's just he's he's out of there. Alex Tanny and Carl Loletta will be their backups. Oh, okay. To Eli Manning. Yeah. So they so yeah, he's gone. Davis Webb started a game last season. Let's not forget, he's gone. They obviously didn't see enough in him and thought, do you know what? We'll we got, we can only have three quarterbacks on the roster. He's not going to be the future of the franchise. So what's the point? There are a lot of people who like Carlo Letter out of Richmond in this draft, fourth round pick uh, by the uh, by the New York Giants. There are a lot of people who liked him coming in. I, pff, you just think Davis Webb has been there. He's been learning the system. He should know what he's doing at this point. It kind of just shows that. Yeah, but we saw it with Green Bay and them getting rid of Brett Hundley. Shipped off to Seattle for a seventh round pick, I think. A conditional seventh round pick. Exactly. It's just getting them off the roster because that's not the guy that they're going to go forward with. Let's try other people. I, I, I think it makes sense for your third slash fourth string quarterback to try someone else if you don't like the, the original guy. And devastatingly, the Dallas Cowboys, we mentioned their line, we've mentioned their quarterback and... and and their offensive situation, if there was one thing that I thought was we could rely on, it was big leg Dan Bailey. Yeah, I can't believe those he's gone. It, they save, isn't it something like $3.8 million on the cap? And that's why they've done it. Matt Breyer will be their new kicker, the kicker out of Nebraska, who uh, was uh, previously in, in Cleveland, previously in Dallas, previously with the Jets. For now, he'll be their guy. They weren't willing to pay. They weren't willing to pay a kicker nearly $4 million. That's basically it. Dan Bailey's now working out with the Jets. Chargers, get him in. The G- the Jets, I think, have released Cairo Santos. They to have. The, yeah, to yeah, to they the have. because he wasn't fit. And it was expected that they may sign him back up again when he became fit again. But if you've got the choice between Cairo and Dan Bailey, you pick Dan Bailey straight up. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, right, let's, uh, shall we, um, I, was there any other, have I missed anything, basically? I don't think so. You sure? I mean, I could have a look. No, I don't think we should bother. I think we should just move on and talk about, let's take a quick break and then we'll take a look at the AFC North and the NFC North with the season just days away. Hazel Irvin here and I'm at Mammoth Insurance in Leeds where Kate has arranged an office chair race to fundraise for sport relief. And these riders have got their kit on. They are rearing to go. And they're off. Taking an early lead and smashing injustice right out of the park, it's Daphne from Accounting riding the spreadsheet demon chair. Up comes Nina from HR on Beat Me and You're Fired, closely followed by Mark from Marketing on the 9 to 5 chair. Even Javid from Health and Safety's at it, waving his clipboard like crazy. Go easy there, Javid. We don't want any injuries, fella. And from nowhere, it's Jenny on El Chero Loco, rolling right over poverty to cross the line first. And the crowd goes loco. Unbelievable. You can help change the world too. Just get your exclusive Sport Relief merchandise at Janeiro's Sainsbury's. Sport Relief. It's game on. This message was brought to you by Acast. Do you know what I nearly did then? What's that? I nearly went, this is TalkSport Extra Time. (laughs) 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 We are recording this at 20 to 4 in the morning, so it's ready for your inboxes when you wake up to download on your way home. Uh, Ollie. Yes. Your pick, NFC North or AFC North? I mean, seeing as we've done a bit of NFC North already, let's do NFC North. All right, fine. Who do you want to talk about first? Well, I mean, with Pete Doherty, no, not that one. We've spoken about... The Packers, so let's not talk about them. We've done a bit. We, we with... haven't talked about Jimmy Graham, red zone threat. Very excited about that. Are think... you you're on the Jimmy Graham bandwagon? Oh, I think Jimmy. I, that is a match made in heaven. In theory, I honestly think that is gonna that has the potential to reap wonderful, fantastic rewards for Aaron Rodgers and for Jimmy Graham as well. I think he's been misused the last couple of years, Jimmy Graham. I think we've got. I'm not sure he's going. I'm not saying he's going to be Saints, Jimmy Graham, but he is perfect for what Rogers does in that system. I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be a good match. When um, when his former favourite in Jordy Nelson is gone, who wasn't necessarily a red zone threat, I grant you, but 
Jimmy Graham is just exactly the type of player because if any player can put the ball wherever he wants and you're going to give it to any player to grab that ball, the two co- the combination would be Rodgers to Graham. Graham has got a great high point, great hands. Rodgers can put the ball anywhere. Love it. I also like on the defensive side, I like Mike Pettin. In for Dom Capers. We've talked about how much we hated Teflon Don. Uh, Mohamed Wilkinson coming in. I like the rookie cornerbacks in Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson. I The Packers look like a much improved team to me. Rodgers, apparently he saw the Dalai Lama. He's all chilled out now. I'm, I'm excited to see what they'll do this year. He seems really chilled out. I'm going to save it for the pre-season, post-season show, prediction show. But I've got I've got something to say about the Packers. Oh, yeah. tease later this week. Yeah, you're definitely going to forget that, and then we're going to get tweets going. What was Ollie going to say? Um, no, no, I'll email you. All right. Well, yeah. so from the Chicago Bears' perspective, obviously they've gone and made that blockbuster acquisition of uh, of Khalil Mack. I mean, I loved Leonard Floyd already on the other side, and when you've got those when you've got bookend pass rushers, the duo of Mac and Floyd is going to be really exciting with Vic Fangio's three four base defense that they use there. If you've got really good pass rush on the outside, it's genuinely I, I you know from three years of watching it in San Francisco, really really exciting to watch. Um, obviously, it was still very much going to be about well, what does Mitch Trubisky do in year two? Right? Yeah. Is it still about that, or are we going to be all about the defence? Well, I think bringing in Mac does take a little bit of pressure off of Mitch Trubisky, and therefore the de- there's this there's an eye on the defence, and Chicago's known for the defence. I mean, Pete Doherty said it. As, no, not that one. He said it that, um, that Chicago haven't been very good since that mid-80s defence, that Bears 85 defence, and so with Mac, I know they're not going to be that level. They're nowhere near that level, but it does take a little bit of pressure off of Trubisky. They've got Jordan Howard, who I I know he he had a bit of a, a down year by his lofty standards, but I really like Jordan Howard. I, complimentary with Tariq Cohen. And Alan Robinson coming in is an upgrade on any of their other wide receivers that they've had since Ocean Jeffrey. Plus, I like Taylor Gabriel, and I like Trey Burton, the tight end as well. So... so Exactly. All of that means that Trubisky's got the weapons there. They didn't trust him last year. And there was that game where I think he threw the ball nine times. That will have changed. But is that still deep mistrust for the system, for the playbook? Is that still going to be retained? Or are they going to let him do, let him throw the ball and let him run with the ball? Are they going to allow all of that? It's so up in the air, I think. I don't think it's as up in the air as that because of who comes in. Manegi has shown uh, in his time uh, out on the not quite West Coast, but out to the West, that he can handle a quarterback who doesn't necessarily throw the ball down the field and get really good production out of them. And Mark Helfrich comes in as a guy who was a Chip Kelly descendant, a guy who came in and, and worked under Kelly and will bring in those pass run options, will bring in those little college nuances which will make Mitch Trubisky feel so much more comfortable, which will utilise Tariq Cohen's skills, which will yeah. open up holes for... They're, if I'm going best-case scenario for the Bears, if everything clicks, they could be a fantastic team, not just a good team. Because when you also consider on the other side of the ball, Khalil Mack being there, what you get with that is that you get... Suddenly you can rush with four. And when you can rush with four, and it means you don't have to put extra pass rushes on the field, or you don't have to blitz with your safeties or your corners or your linebackers, then suddenly what everyone else can do becomes much... It means that the scheme becomes much more flexible. It means it becomes much more difficult to read and understand. And it means you can make sure... Take this, for example. Danny Trevathan and Roquan Smith... They're not guaranteed to both be on the field for every single snap before Khalil Mack gets there. No. But now Khalil Mack's there and they can manufacture pass rush with just four guys. Suddenly, four guys have four guys. You can have both of those insanely talented linebackers on the field. Yeah. Plus Carl Fuller. 
who I like, plus Adrian Amos, plus Eddie Jackson, all players I really like. I am excited to watch this Bears defence this year. Are they going to have a better or worse record than Green Bay? Worse than Green Bay, but that might not be true in 24 months' time. They could challenge Green Bay for the title. It all comes down to what that offence does this year. I'm not ready to say they're going to challenge at the top this year, but they could easily next season. I and I think this is a Green Bay homer talking. I don't believe in Trubisky. I just don't believe in him. He has to prove to me that he's not the nine throws a game but I believe player. in Neggy. I really believe uh, in that. Yeah, okay, okay. And that's that, that could be the difference maker. You've got a, a, a forward-thinking new coach, say, going up on Sunday against Mike McCarthy and all of the limitations that he's had over the last couple of years as a head coach. That, you know, it's a game of fine margins and those could be one of the margins that swing in the Bears' favour. I hope it. I hope that's not the case. What about the Vikings? Uh, so the Vikings, I was going to go to the Lions next, but that's fine. Um, well, go Lions then. Hey, guess what? What? Minnesota made a big signing this self-season as well. It wasn't just Khalil Mack. $84 million, apparently left $90 million elsewhere on the table to bring in their quarterback. That means they've now got the quarterback to match their top-end defence, to match their great talent at wide receiver in, in Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen, Carl Rudolph at tight end. An improving line, an O-line which... I think the problem is with Nick Easton's season-ending injury, the interior is still a problem. Pat Fline is off the pup list, but we don't know where he's going to be yet. That's, that's my biggest concern for them. But great defence. Bringing Sheldon Richardson. Mike Hughes to cover at the back end. Might even see a rookie doing things in this defence this year. I, the Vikings are going to be right up there as well for me. Yeah. I, I think I, I think this could be a real two to three way battle at the top of the division. And I, I, did you know what? I don't dislike the Lions. That's it. This it, might be. No, no, no. <laughs> All right, Daddy. This is <laughs> thanks. The this has become. Uh, is it this or the NFC South? Didn't we say that a couple of years ago though? For is this it division? this or the NFC South? Best division, top to bottom. I th- I think this is the best division top to bottom because they don't have a Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's not a, a outright bad team in here. No, you're right. And with what the Bears have done, that that elevates them way above what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are. I love the Vikings. I love everything about them. I love that defense. You love the cold of Minnesota. Uh, the cold of Minnesota. It's a great town. Pat, one of my favorite people, lives there. Um, the fact they've got Dalvin Cook back is huge, and yeah, I really there there's some really good things going on on that line as well. I I worry about their wide receivers if one of the two studs goes down. Laquan Treadwell didn't do anything or hasn't done anything since he came into the league a couple of seasons ago. That's mainly because all the focus has been on Diggs and Thielen. But that defense is just—it's frightening when you look look at it top to bottom. Just frightening. Love it. So I think the Vikings and the Packers will be the ones that win. One of those two will win the division. But with the Detroit Lions, you get Matt Patricia, defensive background, really good back end with Darius Slay, with Glover Quinn. I, I think it's fair to say issues in the front seven. Is that a nice way of putting it? Question marks. Let's say question marks in the front seven. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, yeah. Question marks in the front seven. I think Matt Stafford might finally get a good running game. I like On Johnson. I love On Johnson. remember watching They've... him at, at, um, at college and thinking, this guy, he's got wheels, he's powerful. What he did for... Auburn in there actually really good season last season yeah I'm a big fan I'm a real big fan do you know when they last finished top half of the league in rushing yards Barry Sanders when Barry Sanders retired 20 years ago wow so Frank Ragnall the the interior guard that they brought in who's a real 
you know, proper run stuffer, a proper, not run stuffer, a road grader, a guy who's going to open up holes for you. They brought in Kerryon Johnson plus Legarry to to crack open those holes. I, I don't sleep on the Lions. Sleeping Lions. Do you think top five worst childhood games? Do you, <laughs> do Cle- you... Clearly just designed to make you shut up. Yeah. It didn't work for you, though, did it? <laughs> uh, do you think... Never! Do you think uh, every team in this division could have a plus 500 record? I think it could happen. Has that ever happened before? I know it's a horrible question to spring upon you. Yeah, out of nowhere, to just come out with that, be like... I'd be amazed if everyone's had a plus because you'd have to have them literally all beating each other. Like, win every of your three home games, lose all of your three road games, and then win really well outside of. Could happen. Hmm. It could, but I don't think it will. Uh, So, yeah, Detroit Lions. Talked about them. Like the receivers. Like the new running backs. Concern of the front seven. But there we go. Where's the pass rush coming from? Hmm. That's what's ugly about it. Ziggy Anza needs to get back to where he was. Jared Davis needs to prove that he's as good as I thought he was coming into the league. I loved him coming into the league. Yeah, that defence is the problem. Right, let's but go. But they've got Patricia, so... Yeah, who just got thrashed in the Super Bowl. Yeah, good point. Uh, but he did have his best corner taken away from him before doing so. We still don't know why. Can't wait for the book. <laughs> let's go to the AFC North. Do we have to talk about the Browns any more than we already have done this offseason? No. How many... Right, just put it simply, how many wins do the Barons get this season? Four. Is that enough for Hugh Jackson to keep his job? No. Hugh Jackson goes. There'll be someone else that that um, has got an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator job out there right at this moment that will be the Cleveland Browns head coach next season. I'm going to say they get five to six wins. <laughs> Five, what, five and a half wins? No, I'm just saying between five and six. Okay. The over-under I'm setting at six wins. Six and a half I'm not, wins. I'm not taking that uh, beer bet. Uh, that's fine. I'd, I've got them beating the Raiders, maybe the Jets, definitely the Bucks. Definitely the Bucks. that's strong. The Bengals in one of their games with them. That's four or five wins already. Uh, okay, let me have a look. I've probably overstated that, but it's fine. Uh, da, da, da. They'll beat the Raiders. They'll beat the Jets. They'll win one of their divisional games. That's three. They're going away to the Bucks. They won't win that. Uh, I'm struggling. They'll beat the Broncos. They'll be, yeah, well, I, they'll like beat, that. I like they'll beat the Broncos. That's a good one. They'll beat the, uh, the Bengals' penultimate game of the season. Yeah, five. Um... Oh, no, I said four. Ha! <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, the Ravens finally gave Joe Flacco a reason to, to live. Um, they brought in a, a quarterback, which apparently, according to people in the inner circles, has really, really given Joe Flacco a kick up the behind. Uh, he desperately wants to prove himself. They've improved the receiving core. They've brought in Michael Crabtree, John Brown, Willie Sneed. Uh, tight ends, finally got some decent tight ends, although Hayden Hurst uh, does start the season on PUP, I think he does, not IR. Mark Andrews as well, though, not that one. That's a wrestling joke. No one else will get it. Um, tight end, uh, tight ends brought in. Yeah, I, most of the decent defensive. So, uh, there are some people who have doubts over their defensive front seven. I quite like their runs. They had a terrible record against the run last season but I like their talent against the run mm. I think the Ravens could end up being one of those real kind of a playoff team but kind of scraping on a 10 and 6 they're not a playoff team in the NFC they are one potentially because of their head yeah, coach yeah, one exactly. of the best head coaches in the league a player that I love there are two players that I love on the Ravens and I would have them pretty much in a heartbeat if they were Packers Alex Collins, I think he had a really good year last year, and I think he'll go from strength to strength this season, the running back um, who they picked up from San Francisco. And then I'm a massive fan of CJ Mosley. He's my absolute... Honestly, he's one of my favourite players in the entire in, the, in that entire division and in, in that entire conference on the defensive side. I really, really like him. He marshals things well. He's got Terrell Suggs next to him. Old man Suggsy. And... 
He's just a brilliant, brilliant player. So much fun to watch. Watch him. Just just take a series or something where the Ravens are on defense. So just watch what he does. And he's just he's a he's a baller and he's brilliant to watch. And he makes that defense tick. And I love it. They've got real potential. This team real, real potential again. Edge rush is a concern. Much like with the Lions, edge rush is a worry. Maybe they should have been in the clear max stakes as well. But otherwise, I I think they could be a playoff team. In the AFC, they should be a playoff team. And let's move on to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not a ton of moves. Uh, kind of, I guess, that's what you do when you win back-to-back divisional titles, third in, in four years. Uh, they've got players who you think would be able to contribute straight away, like uh, their first-round pick, Terrell Edmonds, coming in at safety, which used to never be the case under Dick LeBeau, getting uh, first-round guys or, or even just rookies to come in and, and contribute on the defence. Um, now that Martavis Bryant is out of town, Juju Smith-Schuster has a real chance to shine. I think what's going to be interesting is, is how they do fill the void left by, uh, by Ryan Shazier, uh, moving on because <clears throat> obviously we've got the contract stuff and what's happening with Le'Veon Belt. That's all, you know, the offense should, if they're all fit, we expect them to be good. I'm really kind of excited to see what, what uh, Birds Dupree does this year mm. because quietly they've moved him from the right-hand side to the left-hand side of the defense, which means he's going to be working behind Cam Hayward and it could end up being a kind of 15, 16 sack guy this year quietly on the sly without anyone realizing that's going to happen before the season and actually I think they're stacked they just look stacked you go through the defense you go through the offense they look like a really good team I can't disagree in anything that you said there I really like you spotting of um, Bud moving across on the other side you've got TJ Watt who had exactly he had a really good season last year I really like their line Mike uh, Marquis Pouncey, is that Mike Pouncey? Is it no? That's Marquis Pouncey, his brother. Oh, there we go. But Marquis Pouncey's come in um, at centre. They've got David DeCastro, Ramon Foster, Villanueva. I think the line is great. It's the problem with that line is the same problem it's been for the last few years: fitness. Ramon Foster's yeah. had problems. Marquis Pouncey's had problems. Uh, David DeCastro's had like they need to keep them fit. They're great. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Not a huge amount of depth on that line. But if they got the first five out, it's arguably the best line in the league just because of the relationship they already have with Le'Veon Bell and the way they understand yeah, how he yeah. works. And Le'Veon Bell is is brilliant to watch. We love him. And then backing him up is James Conner and that great story from last season with the cancer and everything. So I just... Across the board, the Steelers are fun, fun to watch. I love the uniforms, the the <laughs> the, the logo with on hashtag Kipwatch, the logo on just one side of their helmets. I just everything about them, and then Juju Smith Schuster, who, by the way, Mike Carson's bound to get their name wrong, his name wrong at least once a day, maybe every time that the Steelers are on. Call him Ju Smith Schuster Ju or Juju Schuster Smith or Juju Smith. He'll get it wrong, but yeah, I, I I really like the Steelers. I really really like the Steelers. They've got that defeat in. It wasn't a playoff defeat, was it against um against the against the Patriots where Jesse James caught the caught that no, ball that and, was that was in week 15 and but it was they, effectively a playoff game wasn't it yeah that would have decided who was home field when it came to their game with the Patriots if they'd got there but then the Jags went into uh Field and beat them anyway exactly so they've got all of that out of their system you know they've they've got it in their locker now to they know what that kind of defeat feels like and tastes like. Okay, a lot of them have been there for a long time. I've got Super Bowl rings anyway. But this is a newer team. That defense is newer. And I I, I think they might make the Super Bowl this year. Oh, hello. Yeah. <clears throat> Going big on the Steelers. I just don't know whether I can trust them or not. Um, the the We said there weren't a lot of moves from the Steelers. Not the same for the Bengals. Traded for Cordy Jen. Glenn got there eventually. Drafted Billy Price in the first round. 
Uh, they're going to have the likes of Tyler Eifert and Josh, uh, John Ross back healthy. Joe Mixon really getting a chance at, at uh, a real crack at things. They lost a lot of their ageing defensive players like Pac-Man, George Iloka, Michael Johnson. But then they've gone and given big, big money to Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins, landing long-term extensions. Guys who, they were drafted in the same draft in 2010. <laughs> Nuts. That's amazing, yeah. isn't it? So <clears throat> I still think that the, on the defensive side of the ball, they lack a bit of depth. But on the offensive side of the ball, I really like that they went, right. Dalton was hit too many times last year. I think sixth most in the league. The run game ranked 31st overall. Let's throw some money into that line. Let's try and get that offense good again. I think the Bengals will have a bounce back year. I just don't think they're going to be strong enough to compete with the Steelers. What do you think about their running back situation? Will it be more of a a committee between Mixon and um, Giovanni Bernard? Or have we got a clear number one, almost three down back in Joe Mixon? Actually, I think he's a two down back in and then Gio's going to come in on the thirds. Yeah, I mean, essentially Joe Mixon is coming in and replacing Jeremy Hill, Who, but what Jeremy Hill was two to three years ago when he had 14 touchdowns. Yeah. That's what they want from Joe Mixon. They want him to be the banger, as it were, to Giovanni Bernard's backfield guy. Um, <clears throat> Jeremy Hill, by the way, could secretly, quietly, sneakily, as they like to say, uh, have an absolutely huge hit. How old do you think Jeremy Hill is? I don't think he's that old. 26? 25. There we go. Wow. That's young. And, you know, going to that rather convoluted Patriots backfield. (laughs) That's great. Somebody always steps out of of the limelight there, steps into the limelight, I guess, and does something big. Just, just don't be that surprised if come week two, week three of your fantasy league, you're all scrambling for Jeremy Hill on waivers. Mm. That's a good point. When he's got three touchdowns through two weeks or whatever. Uh, have you diverted from the Bengals because there isn't really that much to say? We still think that they're not the greatest team on the planet. Um but I think in the AFC they could be a playoff team. Could be a playoff team. Wow. Do you think that defense... I think they would I think they would not break their playoff duck. I think they'd be truly Marvin Lewisy about the whole thing and mm. not get there. But they are they're what they're the classic. <clears throat> if everything breaks right for them, they could go ten and six. If it doesn't break right for them, they could go six and ten. They're that kind of sure. middling average NFL team. A couple of questions for you. If all of those defensive aged aged Aging defensive players, apart from Dunlap, um, Carlos Dunlap and uh, Geno Atkins, but some of those guys have moved on. Does that mean they lose their really hard-hitting identity that they had beforehand? I hope not. I, I yeah, I kind of. I hope not in an in a clean hard-hitting way. Obviously, they've had a few problems mm-hmm. on that side of the ball uh, with. Um, I don't want to say the law, but certainly with the NFL. <clears throat> I hope that that is gone, obviously. Don't like to see people injured or anything. But I still think they'll be that hard-nosed, stop-the-run, big-up-the-middle kind of defence that will try and let's say to you, you know, come and beat us, we're going to be physical, we're going to tackle hard, we're going to hit you. I still think they'll be that kind of team. Yeah. I just, hopefully they won't be you know, the ill-disciplined version of that, which has cost them massively in the past yeah George Iloka when we spoke to him at the Super Bowl a couple of years ago said that he believed that referees reffed against the Bengals harder than they did against other teams because of said reputation final one because I know you you're getting a little bit uh, Ian Wrighty Um, Tyler Eifert I loved this player before he got injured I'm gutted that it was an injury that that happened during um a Pro Bowl, completely non unnecessary. Will he be that top five tight end ever again, or or are we seeing a guy that will have to share the load with CJ Uzumar and Tyler Croft? The last time that Tyler Eifert played more than eight games in a season was twenty fifteen. Yeah. But he did score 13 touchdowns in 13 games. Uh, he, 
my bigger concern is he started this off season on the pup list due yeah. to back trouble. There we go. He's played thirty nine games over five seasons. I yeah. You're basically, if you're looking in from a fantasy perspective, you're hoping that he's getting touchdowns for you because he's not going to be a 1,200 yards. Well, you very rarely get those with Titans. He's ready, he's not going to touch a 1,000 yards. No. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. Honestly, I, I don't know enough about where he is from an injury perspective, but it did really concern me to see him on the pup list when they started... Apparently, he's been avoiding setbacks. That's what the team have said. But coming into it, having to go on the physically unable to perform, that is a worry. So sorry, buddy. I think you might never see that player back That's again. a shame. That's a shame. So I presume we've both got exactly the same uh, order for these teams. We, we'll go Browns, Bengals, Ravens, Steelers, right? So Browns to win the division. Bengals second. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think that's right. Yeah, I think that's the do way. We do do we do not NFC North? No, because we couldn't decide. Too hard. Uh, Bears, Lions, Vikings, Packers. Uh, yeah. Okay. The Bears are finishing last in this division after drafting Khalil Mack. Good one, mate. Uh, Ollie, I'll you a beer? They they do. Fine. Done. Beer bet number two for the season. Yeah. Bears won't finish last in the NFC North. Bears will finish last. In the NFC North. Okay. Uh, guys, as always, call to action. Go and sign up with Touchdown Trips if you want to go out to the States this year, which you should do to watch any sport, but specifically go and watch the NFL. Uh, otherwise, we will have many more shows coming for you this week. Loads of them. They probably won't be recorded at 3am so we don't get tired and cranky towards the end. You're really cranky right now. It's because I've got to go and do my actual job. Okay. Uh, otherwise, thank you very much for listening. Any other thoughts, Ollie? No, I hope you get out of this funk by the end of the show. (laughs) Well, thank you very much for listening. This has been The Gridiron Show.